You're listening to The Big Review Ski on Joe, brought to you by Omniplex Cinemas. See it all with my Omnipass. Bonus feature. Bonus feature. That was fun. Well, I was kind of trying to do it. Copyright adjacent. I don't think we're going to get sued for that one. Hopefully not. No. I'm Rory Cashin. Hello there. And I'm Owen Doherty. You're all very welcome to it. Well, obviously, it's a bonus feature of the big review ski. We have a very special guest coming up for you right now. In just a wee second, hold your horses. And our introductory music there now. Yeah. The one that we were singing, not. The, the review ski theme tune. Oh, yeah. That's a huge clue of yeah. who we're going to be talking to. You know what even a bigger clue is? What, just saying their name? His name is in the link that they've clicked. Ah, for <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Bonus feature with... Danny Hoffman. That's the one. Uh, iconic. Like, you can't have gone through this life without hearing music that he's made. <laughs> He'll just follow you around, pressing play on a little uh, tape recorder That's until just, you listen to his music. Yeah. Uh, you know, Simpsons, Batman, everything Tim Burton-y. Uh, <laughs> pretty much every comic book movie going he's been uh, attached to in some way or another. So uh, we were lucky enough to sit down uh over the phone and chat, and chat we, were, to him. we were lucky enough to sit down beside a phone uh, and on, which, the, on the other end of the phone was Mr. Elfman because uh, he's coming over to Dublin in December to celebrate the 25th anniversary of A Nightmare Before Christmas and he's going to be performing live as Jack Skellington alongside uh, the legendary Catherine O'Hara so we have uh, all the details of that gig is up on Joe right now but right now right now right now here is our chat with the legendary, the iconic, the sexy. Okay. I, I've seen his pictures. All right, then. It's Danny. Danny Elfman. Hello, Danny. Hello. Can you hear me? I can indeed. Hi. Hello. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. How about yourself? Really, really good. Really, really good. Very happy to be talking to you this evening or uh, whatever time it is where you are right now. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, very, well I, can, I think I can speak safely for all of Ireland when I say that we're very excited to have you over here again. Um, do you get to visit Ireland much? I, I several times, yes. Um, I love traveling there. I'm, I'm only sorry on this trip that I'm not going to be able to uh, just do some personal travel times that I have to get in and then go back uh, immediately. And that makes me sad because uh, I would love to taking a week off again and just travel about. Oh, have you done like long travels around Ireland before? Pardon me? Have you done long travels around Ireland before? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I've uh, I took a driving trip. It's been it's been a few years, but I think uh, just two weeks of uh, of just kind of fanciful driving. It was just heaven, you know. I, I haven't had such a a lovely kind of unplanned trip in ages. By unplanned, I meant I didn't go with an itinerary of exactly where I was going to go moment to moment. We just kind of drove up the coast and and stopped where we felt and uh, and just it was wonderful. So I'm looking forward to doing that again. Uh, I have to ask: Have you ever been inspired by any particular parts of Ireland when it came to uh, your music writing? Um, you know, it's always hard to say because every time I travel, 
I've never like traveled anywhere where I, I suddenly get inspired at the moment and begin writing. But what happens is I'll come home and, uh, of course I'll, I'll be refreshed and I'll start writing. And so I'm just going to assume that, uh, subconsciously I'm writing from feelings that I'm still carrying from the travels that I just had. But it's not as simple as I see a beautiful sight and zing, I have like a, you know, uh, a piece of music in my mind. It, it, it generally takes a bit to percolate and it'll pop up like somewhere in the, the weeks after. Yeah, I, I was wondering as well if, if you've ever been to Ireland, uh, obviously you're coming over now for the Nightmare Before Christmas. Have you ever been to Ireland uh, during Halloween? Because we, we really know how to celebrate it in style over here. You know, I was so surprised to hear that. I, I really had no idea. And um, I only learned that recently. So um, I, I'm so, I'm really surprised, pleasantly. Well, well yeah, like the, the, the legend has it that kind of Ireland is where Halloween more or less originated from. Uh, and parts of Ireland are often voted like best places in the world to celebrate uh, Halloween. So consider this your open invite if you ever want to come back over for that time of year. Uh, that that's like I would love to see that because you know Halloween has always my whole life been my favorite holiday of my year. Uh, you know, as a child growing up here, it was the night of complete freedom and abandonment. You know, when I was a child doing Halloween, our parents didn't go with us. We all the kids just ran around in groups of kids, and I still remember the intense pleasure of being a little kid. Um, thinking I was looking scary. Of course, I wasn't. But the adults would play along and they would act like, oh my, look at you. That's so frightening. <laughs> and uh, I remember how happy that made me that I'm thinking like, oh, I'm so scary as some seven-year-old little skeleton or something. Probably looked pretty damn cute. <laughs> but um, it was this night to run amok with the other kids and... Uh, and this feeling of being something else, of feeling free, of being liberated from my own identity, uh, is something that really stuck with me. I mean, I think it probably helped define my life in a way, that pleasure of stepping into something else, of being another, another creature for, for a moment, and, and what a thrill that was for me. Would you say that's something that maybe you find yourself doing when you're creating work for different different directors and different projects? Would you say you, you still have that kind of innate power to, you know, think outside the box or, or, you know, put on different kind of, not costumes necessarily, but get into different mindsets for those projects? Well, yeah. I mean, I think one of the reasons why I was, in a way, more suited to be a film composer than to be in a band is that I think I always have been something of a chameleon. And to be a chameleon in a band where you change your mind every other year about what kind of band you want to be in it is not necessarily the healthiest thing for a band. But as a composer, that's actually a very good thing to have going for you. But also, even the time I spent in the band, I learned very early on that when I stepped on stage, I could become another creature. Um, I could be fierce. I can be something that I felt was the opposite of me. And uh, it was always a funny feeling meeting people at, backstage because I would be back to being shy and feeling, you know, very 
not sure of myself, but for those moments on stage, I was not shy at all. And so, you know, people kind of had an impression of me that I felt was a character that I had been portraying, but I almost felt like that person's gone now. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know where he is. It's like a Jekyll and Hyde thing. And I think that probably started right from childhood, you know, that sense of Halloween identity. Well, as you said there, you, you, you've, you've managed to be a successful comedian, I think, over, over your decades in your career. Uh, and at this point in your career, you can kind of choose and, uh, whatever project you would like to do next. So what, uh, what is it at this point in your career that kind of interests you and, and makes you decide, yes, this is what I want to spend the next few weeks or months or years doing? Well, you know, it's, it's a bit more complicated than that. I wish I could say I could choose whatever I like. But, you know, I try to keep my projects varied as best I can. Um, you know, having just in the middle of a score now, uh, I'm working a, a thriller with uh, the director, Joe Wright, um, with Amy Adams, and having just finished a, uh, a giant uh, kind of a children's fantasy with uh, Robert Downey Jr. called The Voyage of Dr. Doolittle, um, I'm, I seem to be happiest when I get a lot of contrast. Um, that I go from whatever I'm just finishing, I really want to do kind of the opposite next if I possibly can. And uh, which is another reason why I've embraced doing concert music uh, recently. So I can really uh, stretch myself out um, more than I could do with film even. Well, that, that was something I did notice on your CV, which is it's so eclectic and not random necessarily, but like one project doesn't automatically feed into the next. But I, one thing I did notice is there's a very strong Christmassy vibe to to a lot of your work. Uh, and I think at, at this point, a lot of your fans and a lot of film lovers will associate the music that you've created with Christmas time. Because if you think of like The Grinch, obviously The Night Before Christmas, uh, Scrooge, my personal favorite Christmas movie, Batman Returns, um, there is there's a very strong Christmas uh, vibe going on through the the work that you've you've done so far. Like, is that something that you find yourself naturally drawn to as well, or is that just uh, a coincidence? Well, I mean, part of that has to do with Tim Burton because you know uh, Edward Scissorhands and Batman Returns um, both very much move, and Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, these were all Tim's uh, kind of creations. And so I got pulled into the spirit of that with Tim, but I, I would really have to credit more of his fascination with Christmas. Um, if anything, I had more of a feeling of, of camaraderie with, uh, with Halloween. You know, um, as a child, Christmas was always a very sad time for me. And I mean, perhaps it was for Tim too. I mean, maybe that's why he's drawn to it now. Um, and the kind of bittersweetness of the, of the feeling of Christmas time um, as being both a happy and a kind of oddly nostalgic and melancholy time. Uh, because uh, I, I think that's something that, to a certain extent, perhaps we shared. Um, I started out in life feeling very, very melancholy at Christmas time. But then when I became a parent later, I really embraced it through the eyes of my children because they delighted in it so much and I began to really celebrate it uh, for the first time um, with my own children 
decorating the tree, the uh, anticipation of the night before, which is uh, such a, a wonderful thing to behold. Now, I never got to experience that as a child. So um, I was able to take this kind of gloomy, melancholy cloud and see how lovely it can be, uh, the eyes for children. So I really see Christmas both ways. Whereas Halloween is just abandonment. It's just wild abandonment. Christmas is both uh, has this association with me of kind of being sad and kind of a loneliness, but also of this pleasure and joy, anticipation, the presence, the delivery of, and the, the joy of Christmas morning. So it, it is all, all there at the same time. It's all kind of mixed together. And I think this is probably why it was, uh, although Tim created these projects, it was easy for me to fall into the spirit of it because I certainly felt that quite a bit from my own life. Well, having, I think we're coming up to the 25 year anniversary for uh, Nightmare Before Christmas now, and uh, Jack Skellington is an iconic character and is someone that obviously you, well, not obviously, but I, I assume you enjoyed to play because you enjoyed getting up on stage and having, having that moment as him up there. Uh, is there. It's really fun for me because I never did it live. So it's not like I'm reviving something from my past. When I recorded the songs for Jack Skellington, I never, ever imagined I would do them live. So a quarter century later, to be coming back and doing them live at Albert Hall, you know, well, or 20 years, whatever it was, uh, was such a surprise for me that um, even now, I haven't done it that many times where I'm not tired of it yet. I'm still uh, having pleasure. And the fact that it's in another character makes it really fun for me. Um, I get to be, again, it's like Halloween. I get to be something else, somebody else. Uh, when I, when I step out there to do, to sing my songs that I wrote for Jack, um, I can feel like I become Jack and I, I'm enjoying that feeling. Well, considering it is all that time later, uh, is there, do you find yourself doing any particular, uh, vocal exercises to get into the, get into the groove to be Jack? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even at the time, uh, I, I, again, I never wrote them thinking, oh, these, these are things I'll write for myself to perform in the future. I figured I only have to do them once. That's all I'll ever have to do them. And uh, so, yeah, some of the songs are pretty challenging. And I definitely have to do my, thanks for reminding me, my vocal warm-ups. I have to do it still today, <laughs> um, which I haven't done yet because I'm so bad. But yeah, I have to like try to keep my voice in shape because uh, Jack's parts can be very challenging, especially because he goes to these vocal extremes, I mean, which is the reason why I like Jack's character and singing his parts, but he goes from high to low. He goes from very smooth to growling. Uh, I, I like how he, in his vocal characterization, uh, kind of really moves about up to up and down and this way and that way uh, to such extremes. But it is demanding on my voice. It, it even was then when I did it first. Do you have, uh, do you have what, we, what you might call the, per the secrets to giving the perfect growl? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I never really thought about it. I just think that that's the way he is. He like goes, he'll like start up up at the top here and he'll end up going down bottom and he likes to talk like when he's singing to get that part of, of the voice out so um but he'll do that all in the sense of one you did drop like that 
and um, and that's fun. I really get to like plunge up and down and down and up. Yeah, it, it, it's just listening so, to it here. I was like, oh, he's right there on the phone. Uh, there's a lot of talk lately about the Justice League and the release, the Snyder Cut. Have you seen the Snyder Cut, or do you have any opinion on that? Well, the thing is, he never finished it. Right. So I don't know quite how they do that. You know, he had a tremendous tragedy, uh, which caused him to not finish the film. Yeah. So I, it wasn't like. I don't quite understand this because it wasn't like he was fired and there's like a director's cut that's a finished movie that the studio fired him and then um, hired Joss. When Joss came on the film, he, he stepped in with only a few days notice uh, to pick up the helm because of this terrible, terrible tragedy that happened. Yeah. So it's kind of a unique situation. I mean, there's definitely other movies where a director was fired and uh, a studio radically changed a movie because they didn't like it. And as a fan, you go, I wonder what the director did before, you know, the studio changed the movie. But I'm not really aware of how that dynamic would really apply here. But I haven't been following that. So um, I I can't really, uh, unfortunately, give you any informed answer. But that seems like rather, rather an odd thing that he didn't quite finish the film. Yeah, that's that's totally that's totally fair, totally understandable. Um, when obviously I think maybe the most famous piece of music is is from the opening credits of The Simpsons, which has been going on for uh, well for decades now. Um, it is one of those shows that people keep questioning whether is it past its prime? Is it something that should come to an end? Do you have do you have a say on that at all? I'm not a say, but an opinion on that. It, um, well, from what I've heard, it is coming to an end. So uh, that that uh, argument will also come to an end. <laughs> oh, well, okay then. <laughs> I hadn't heard that. So uh, do, you, do you have any... I, I, I don't know for a fact, but I've heard that it, in, uh, it's, you know, it'll be in its last year. Oh, okay then. And very last one. Look, I, I could be wrong, but all I can say is I'm so flabbergasted and amazed that it lasted as long as it did. You know, you have to realize when I scored The Simpsons, I wrote this crazy piece of music and I expected no one would hear it because I really did not think the show had a chance in hell. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, was, it was quite so different I, for, for what it was back then. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it really, I expected there, it would run three episodes and get canceled, and that would be that, because it was so weird at the time. And uh, I just didn't think it had a chance. So believe me, that's one of the truly big surprises in my life. Well, I, 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 you can safely say it worked out for the best for everyone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And very, very no last complaints. question. Uh, I promise, very, very last one. Have you spoken to Tim at all about Beetlejuice 2? No. Um, you know, uh, oddly, um, he's not mentioned it to me. Uh, the last a year ago, I saw Michael Keaton, and um, he mentioned, so, uh, are we doing Beetlejuice 2? And I'm saying, well, you know more than I do. And I've heard nothing about it since. So I just, no, I'm so sorry. I'm like a wealth of non-information for you here. I, <laughs> 
but like it, it, it's it, I guess if, if Michael Keaton's talking to you about it then he obviously already in mind is thinking that you are doing it so maybe Tim just hasn't gotten around to uh, to inviting you on board yet well yeah I mean it, it also could be you know projects will sometimes be in development for quite a long time so I think it's something that has been in development for a few years but I don't know where it is in that process you know I, I'm always the last one to hear believe me um, often I'll hear about whatever movie Tim is doing. Um, it's kind of funny because he'll call me at a certain point and go, Danny, I'm doing uh, such and such a film. Would you like to, you know, come on board? And I'll already read it in Variety two weeks earlier. <laughs> so uh, um, I'm not the first one to hear of things. Let me put it that way. Well, I... I... Well, let me let me just say I think I'm very excited to potentially hear what you might have doing for uh, for Beetlejuice too. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. What did I tell you? Sexy. You did. You told. I said, said sexy. You gave me eyes, and you were like, mm-hmm. "Well, I give you sexy eyes." <laughs> I mean, you gave me eyes that said, "Is he sexy?" And there you go. He. Was it turns sexy. out talent is sexy, and this guy is pretty. Beckin talented because yeah. he's done everything and more. And lovely as well. Yeah. Some incredible uh, stories there from him. Insightful. You're lost for words. So that was that was Danny Elfman. Make sure you go back and check all of our other exclusive bonus features over well, over the last since like, since all of 2019, <laughs> all of this year and last year yeah. as well. Please yeah. do, um, and don't forget to check out the show. You can listen to it. There's a brand new episode every single week, or you can see it. It's up on YouTube as well. And subscribe to the show, then you'll get it automatically into your feed. Me and Rory won't have to call round to your house, no. sneak into your bedroom, grab your smartphone device, and subscribe for you as you lie there, That's sleeping, taking a sinister turn in the bed with your chest spread like rising up. Are you alright? I'm out. A little bit of snoring. I'll put a little this glass of water has spun out. You well. I'm going to just say goodbye to the listeners before they call the police. Okay. okay. Just subscribe and leave a review. D- easy enough. Done. You're listening to the Big Review Ski on Joe. Brought to you by Omniplex Cinemas. See it all with my Omnipass. Omnipass.